Welcome back, mother lovers, to a brand new episode of Last Call at McLaren's, the best damn How I Met Your Mother podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Josh, here with my best bud, John. How you doing, man? Just have one thing to say before I answer that. We are the best damn How I Met Your Mother podcast ever! That is right. See, finally got him on board, not worrying about the lawyers anymore. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. I mean, today was a great day. I had a lot of fun today, and I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> oh, just put them down, Ricky Bobby. I, uh, down. It's a little man tubing. <laughs> Uh, we went out to Peak and Peak, and we were doing some tubing, and we were having some fun doing that, and <laughs> lunch was really good. <laughs> you guys are watching just... a video. You are missing some comedy gold here, guys. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, and that's why I just fuck with you, because I know that there are probably a lot of them who listen more podcasts than video. So yeah. you start laughing, and they're like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it does sound sounds like you guys had a pretty good time. Uh, I took my little one to a birthday party today, so uh, there was did a the magician. magician pull a bunny out of his asshole. Uh, he did not, but he did uh, make some uh, balloon animals, which was pretty pretty dope. He was actually was a pretty the... damn good uh, magician. I was I was impressed. What was the best magic good... trick he did? He did this thing with a. He had this little box. And it had like it opened up with like these two little doors, and it had like a, a a block in it. And he kept like so he had put it in the hat, and then he had put it back inside the box, and like he would like tip it, and it would slide to one side. And he'd open it, oh, it's gone. He'd tip it right, and then so he moved it around a few times, so like you knew it was in the box, but then suddenly it wasn't in the fucking box anymore. And I was watching him intently, and I don't know how he got it into the hat. I don't know. I have no idea how he did that. And like surround they're they're in a small room. So and he's surrounded by little kids and none of them caught it. I don't know how he did it, man. But it was it was top notch. He was a damn good child. Uh, children's well, magician. You say you're a fan of magic? I think so. I think so. Can I let you in on a secret? Sure. The rabbit was in the hat the whole fucking time. <laughs> yep. Just don't leave it in there, man. Because <laughs> that would be bad. That would be uh, bad. But uh, yeah, so that's what that was our day uh, today, folks. I hope that you guys out there uh, listening to us all had great days as well. Uh, but we are going to get <coughs> into season three, episode 13, 10 sessions. That is right. Uh, this is, this is a. Uh, it's it's a good one because it sets up some 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 good stuff for the future, some bad stuff as well. Uh, I mean, you, know, you take uh, the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and you got Ted Mosby's nine years stretch of telling a story to his kids it's true. about how their mother died and he wanted to bang Aunt Robin one more time. <laughs> hey man, that must have been pretty good. I'm just saying. I mean. If He's he been kept blowing thinking off about girls it like, for years, <laughs> if he kept blowing off girls like Virginia and Virginia, uh, that's his mom, or not Virginia, <laughs> Victoria, um, Victoria, 
and Zoe and and uh, crazy bitch and and all those other girls just to fuck Robin one more time. I mean, hey, must have been good. Just saying. <laughs> all right. So, uh, like I said, I season three. I don't know. Season three, episode 13, 10 sessions originally <clears throat> aired on March 24th of 2008, 2008, directed by Pamela Fryman. She's still still rolling through. Written by Carter Bays, Craig Thomas and Chris Harris. They added a, a third writer in there for this one. Ooh. Uh, summary for this one. Ted Mosby plots to get Stella Zinman, a dermatologist at a tattoo removal clinic, to say yes when he asks her out at the end of their 10 sessions. Stella! Stella. Okay, so, before we dive into it, this entire episode takes place, essentially, during the writer's strike. Because it started in Platinum Rule. Because that's when he has the date. Yeah. And it's 10 weeks. The episode is 10 weeks long, which means he was in the midst of these sessions when he went out to the St. Patrick's Day party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ted's a scum. (laughs) Yeah, because he's trying to he's trying to get with this with Stella. But then he goes out and and max it with this Mary. He goes out and does this. Yeah. It does kind of wow. you know make you think a bit about. Uh, granted, he was just doing hit doing things for himself during that time. I mean that's fair. I mean I have a lot of redeeming qualities on Ted at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. We'll get to that when we get there, but yeah, there, I do have but, some things yeah. I want to talk about when we get to a couple. Spots. I, I just I thought it was interesting because like when I when I watched it the first time through, the timeline bothered me right because I wasn't thinking about the fact that. It starts at the platinum roll. I'm just like, how is this 10 weeks long when the next episode is the bracket and it's supposed to be set in March because of March Madness? That's the whole point of yep. them doing the bracket. I'm like, so it doesn't make sense that it would be 10 weeks long. And then I'm like, when I watched the second time through, it clicked in my head. I was like, oh yeah, platinum rule. She mentions the St. Pat that she mentioned St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, at one point, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it takes place over that time frame that we didn't have any episodes because they were on the strike. So I yeah. thought that was an interesting way for them to kind of be like, yeah, this is what they were doing. This is what Ted at least was doing for that entire time. Yeah. This. So it actually worked. Um, because again, they set up they set up Stella in 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 the in, the, in the, the butterfly tattoo being removed in that platinum rule episode, so it kind of worked. That they had to go on break because <laughs> it, it it allowed Ted to have ten weeks of sessions without having to push it into future episodes or you know, that is muddy true. muddy up the 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 time frame at all. So it actually worked out for him. All right, so the episode starts out with future Ted telling his kids that sometimes you see somebody and you instantly know that they are the one for you. And as he's saying this, we see Britney Spears at a reception's desk uh, checking out Ted. Kids, for those of you who don't know who Britney Spears is, (laughs) 
She ain't just some mental case who hung a who shaved her head in 2007. Was that 2007? Pretty sure. Because that would have been the year before this episode. Pretty and sure like it was 07? That that's what if that's the case, that's wild to me. Hold on. Keep talking while I uh quick Google search. <laughs> uh but yeah, so like I remember when um when I first watched this episode, I was shocked. I was like, holy shit, Britney Spears. And That's like same. this, it, it was such a, a strange kind of role for her. Cause it's not like she's like, like a main, it's not like she is actually Ted's love interest or anything. She's playing like a real goofy kind of character. And so it's like, it, it's almost, it, it seemed really weird. And I was listening to the commentary on the DVD for this episode. 2006. Okay, so it was yeah, like two years, a year and a half probably. November 2006. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so like call it a year prior to them filming this is when that happened. So, wow. Um, But uh, yeah, so I was like I said, I was listening to the commentary and Carter talked about how Brittany actually approached them saying that she wanted to be on the show. And she wanted oh, to, cool. like, apparently her agent had given her the script for this episode, and she wanted to do that role specifically. Aw. Because they that's had said they were really like, cool, though. yeah, because they were like, if we were going to hire, like, if we were going to go and try to get Britney Spears, it would have been for, like, a main love interest role. It wouldn't have been for this random, you know, goofy receptionist role. So, because it, it's not the kind of typical role that you would think for her but dude she crushes it in dude, this she crushes movie. it hard she, she's so good First up, as, as Abby. anybody who was around when britney spears was big in like the late 90s early 2000s when she was really hitting her stride anybody who tells you they didn't have a crush on britney spears you point at them and you say fucking liar i crushed on britney hard oh yeah man absolutely uh so like I said, she's sitting there. Uh, we don't know who she is yet, really. We just know she's sitting at like the reception's desk. Um, like she, we don't know her name yet or anything at this point. Uh, and then Stella walks in, and Ted is instantly infatuated with her. Now, Obsessed. I learned something really interesting that I think you are going to love, John. Okay. So, obviously, Stella, played by Sarah Chalk. You yep. know this. Which we know Sarah Jock from Scrubs. The lab coat that she wears is her Elliot Reed's no. lab coat. No. Yep. Stella wears a pocket protector to cover Elliot's name on the coat. It's the that coat is from gorgeous. Scrubs. Yeah. I cool? fucking love it. Yeah. I Elliot like, Reed, moment killer. Because she was on the commentary with, it was, it was Carter, uh, Josh Radner, and and Sarah Chalk on the, on the commentary, and she talked about it. Yeah, that she she just took her coat from Scrubs and put a wore the pocket protector that so to cover awesome. up the name. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I have to say, like there are times where I see Sarah Chalk in rules, and I go, "This rule just doesn't feel like." I don't feel like I'm really watching Sarah Chalk do much with herself. Like I feel like mm. she's just eh. But when I see her as Elliot Reed, and then I see her as Stella, I'm always kind of like, okay, 
I can get behind both of these roles. They just yeah. feel very <clears throat> Sarah Chalkish. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I love in general. I love seeing her pop up in things, but yeah, sometimes it's just just doesn't quite fit. At times, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, I because and that's the thing, right? Up until everything that happens, you know, in the end with with Stella, I loved her. I was rooting for her. You know, <laughs> Josh was like, "Man, I wanted Ted to move to Jersey so hard." Like she was a great character, and then it kind of falls apart, obviously, in the end. Um, but it was like her and Victoria were two of my favorites. You know, outside of I Tracy, will, obviously. I will never say that I didn't have hopes for Stella, but this is where I have to say, like, I see Sarah Chalk. And I instantly think of Elliot Reed. She's JD's girl. Get your fucking heads off her. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen like Zach Braff at a cameo in a random episode with the two of them. <laughs> how funny. Because I, I thought about this again. This is one of those little things where, you know how when they do the uh, the Wedding Bride episodes, it's Chris mm-hmm. Kattan? What if it would have been Zach Braff? That would have been hilarious. My name's Jed Mosley. <laughs> Jed, I can't wait till we talk about those, man. That's going to be good ah, stuff. <laughs> love me some Chris Kattan. Oh, yeah. All right. So we head into, uh, I don't know what you call it. I just called it the removal room. I don't know. Because uh, what, what do you call that room? I the procedure know. room? Sure. Yeah, that works. The procedure room. Uh, and Stella is cracking a couple jokes about Ted's tattoo, which I thought was funny. Uh, Ted, you know, he jokes back with her, makes her I laugh. I love the caterpillar line. Originally, I'm supposed yeah. to be a caterpillar. And then, you know, a few weeks later, yeah. boom. Yeah, that was, and, and that's, that's <laughs> classic, um, <coughs> classic Ted, confident Ted, classic confident Ted. Yeah. Who, who is just working his charm. We see that throughout the show where he's got he's got a lot of charm and he can and he can play well, that with the ladies really well when he wants to. Sometimes it just he either goes overboard or sabotages himself. So see, and that's the thing. Sometimes I don't think Ted knows the difference between trying too hard or trying in the right ways and yeah. accidentally sabotaging himself. Because, like, this is a clear example of Ted just being himself, and it's working. Yeah. Now, granted, Stella says no to a date, and, like, it, it sets up the whole precursor to this episode. Yeah. But it's, like, it. I don't know. There's so many elements. I'll dive into it as we go further with it. But she doesn't say no because of anything he did. No, no. She says no yeah. because it's the law. And I respect yeah. that because she doesn't want to yeah. lose her license and shit. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't oh, want to yeah. throw away all that fucking money you'd be making for a fucking boy like Ted Mosby. It's true. Uh-huh. It's true. Uh, and so during this scene, they're you know they're chatting about uh, about movies specifically, and Ted says um, that the worst movie of all time is a film called Manos Hands of Fate, while Stella thinks it's Plan Nine from Outer Space. Now, John, ah, I did a little research here. <laughs> of course you and did. I, and I looked up some of the uh, the stats for these movies, the uh, like the critic stats for these movies. Okay, okay? we're gonna start with Plan Nine from Outer Space. Stella's pick. Okay. Okay. So Plan Nine from Outer Space, 
has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, now remind me, 66% good? Six, 60 and above is what they call fresh. Oh, okay. Okay. It's got a 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. And a 2.2 in a 2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Okay. So it's so, about mid-reviews all the way around. That's plan nine, okay? This is what Stella considers the worst movie of all time. Okay. Now, now we're going to go to Ted's pick. Manos, okay. the Hands of Fate. A zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Zero. A 1.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And a 1.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Wow. So, I mean, I I understand. I mean, I understand completely that film is subjective. 100%. But when you look at how a consensus of people view these films, I got to give it to Ted, man. Yeah, yeah, you got Okay, so now let me ask your opinion. In your opinion... Not statistics, not factual statement. What is the worst movie ever? Oh man, I that's tough because one, I've never seen either of these, so it could be one of these. Uh, I don't know. Um, hmm, damn, I don't know, man. There's too many. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to I'm going to say one and then something's going to come to mind and <laughs> I'm going to be like there's no way they, that one is the answer because of this other one but uh I kind of want to go I kind of want to watch these just to Fair. just to see they I found out they are both available on Tubi for free Oh nice So you guys can go and judge for yourself are do you agree with Ted do you agree with Stella and let us know Last call, H-I-M-Y-M on Twitter. Let, Let us know, know what uh, you, you think is the yeah. worst movie ever. Do you have a, a pick? I mean, obviously not between these two, but... Gone like, in 60 uh, seconds. You son of a bitch. You're, you're a cuck. <laughs> oh, I knew that would get you, too. Oh, baited you right into that one. It's true. You did. Now, uh, if I was going to pick a worst movie of all time, I would probably... Uh, I don't know. I, I have to agree with you. There's a, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it because somebody needs to say it. It's a Wonderful Life. I still have not watched it. Neither have I, I. and I'm gonna stand by. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> I just have no interest in watching it. You know, I just the really fact don't. that so many people are like swear by this movie. You know, you know what? If I'm, if I was gonna, I digress. Nope. Don't look back at the episode. <laughs> um, if I am gonna pick one, this one was kind of recent, but it. If I gave, because I don't give movies zeros, I just don't. If I was ever going to give a movie a zero, this is a movie I would have. And it was a movie called uh, Mother Schmuckers. Oh, I haven't even it, heard of that one. It's a, it's, a, it's a foreign film, but it is fucking stupid. I hated every second of it that I watched it. Wow. And I'm not, and I'm not somebody who like turns off movies. I finish these fucking things anytime, even movies yeah. I don't like. And I, I wanted to stop this movie so many times. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. 
it, I hated this movie so much. I was gonna say, and that's not like you. I know you. You're a finish the movie kind of person, and and I'm pretty lenient, really. I think with a lot of usually, movies. but yeah, no, I I hated this movie, and I don't say that about very many. So I guess no. if I'm gonna pick one, I'll go with that. <laughs> Fair. All right. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and. 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, so, uh, she tells Ted that, you know, if, if he doesn't believe her about the movie, um that they're showing it down at the local theater and she invites him to go. Uh, and, and as we know from the platinum rule, uh, Ted thought that this was a date. Ted thought it was a date. Yeah. He quickly learns though, that it is not uh, as when he shows up to the movie and uh, offers to pay Stella, then introduces him to all of her friends. Uh, her that girl, she girl. Brought. Yeah. Cause she's there for girls night. Uh, and now Ted is paying for everybody. What are your thoughts on this, John? Ted, that Ted Mosby is a great guy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, she, I know what you're like, asking. She didn't tell before, like when they set it up, she didn't say, oh yeah, I'm bringing three of my friends with me. No. And so he, he assumed it was just two of them. Even if, even if he thought it was just them going as friends, there's no way he was going to assume that it was going to be more than just the two of them. And so when he offers to pay, he should, she should have been like, well, I brought friends with me. Is that okay? She does not do that. She just is no. like, Oh, that's great. You're paying for my three friends. Hey guys, meet Teddy's paying. <laughs> you know what that kind of reminds me of in a weird way. What? Remember the cranky anchor skit where, uh, the one guy calls in, he wins the tickets. It's the radio. Yes. <laughs> you just won two tickets. Hey, I can bring one of my friends. Yay. Yeah. Hey, if I won five tickets, how many friends could I bring? Four. I can bring two of my friends. Yay. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah. No, I, I understand why Ted is mad. And, um, and they... The friends sit in between the two of them. Ted only knows Stella. Yep. Why wouldn't they have at least sat together to like, you know, like chat or whatever so that he didn't feel weird and awkward because he doesn't well, know any of those people. And so I thought about that and I'm like, he pays for all them and then he gets like shafted in the seating. I'm mm -hmm. like, he, I mean, I know Ted's a nice guy, but like, this is some like shitty writing because it really makes Ted look like the asshole. Because I'm going to be mad, too, if, like, all of a sudden I paid for a bunch of people, and then I don't even get to sit next to the person I thought I was on a date with? Yeah. Like, fuck that. I love the the scene in the theater. Yes. When the, the, the one girl leans over and is like, are you okay? He's like, I mean, yeah, I, I thought this was a date. And then it goes down the chain of, of women to Stella. Oh, and yeah. Then she's and then, you know, that's where we get the, the explanation of, the, you know, it's against AMA rules. And then it goes back down the chain. And I love the, the old men. 
yeah, by the time it gets to Ted, he's like, yes, I, I already heard. <laughs> and then uh, you hear uh, a guy. Yeah, we all, we heard. all heard. Ted's a Ted's, schmuck. Ted's a schmuck. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. But another thing hit me as I watched it. I was like, Stella laughs at that. Yep. That's kind of brutal, man. Oh, so brutal. <laughs> because but you know what the, else I thought about? The next scene, she's laughing at him again. Oh, yeah. So, but think about this, though. Between this, the shit that happens with the wedding bride and the whole, he's on the date with the girl in the theater. If I was Ted Mosby, I would stop going to the theater. Or at least stop taking women, like, stop taking dates to the theater. Just go I mean, by yourself. That, yeah. yeah. Or take Marshall. Yeah, take Marshall, man. Like, it just does not have good luck. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it... it it may it, I'll be honest, this episode, if you're not thinking about it, if you're really paying attention, kind of makes Stella out to be kind of an asshole. Oh, dude, she I mean she is kind of an asshole though from the beginning. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, but at agreed. the same time though, Ted's very aggressively yeah. per, um pursuing her as well. That's true. Yeah. Because I mean she it, straight out says, I can't date you. Yeah. And Ted's like, I'm gonna get the yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, you know, after because, like I said, they go back to the you know they 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 switch us back to the office, and she's still laughing at him. Um, then it kind of moves us to like after the appointment, and uh, Ted once again, he's like, he tells her, he's like, uh, you know, when these ten sessions are done, I'm gonna ask you out again, and yep. she's like, and I'm still gonna say no. Well, and I love it at this point because this is where that goes to the bar and he's telling the group and he's like, she's saying that in 10 weeks, she's going to say no. How can you make up your mind about something about 10 weeks from now? And I love it because he goes, like, who knows what they're going to have for lunch that day? And Marshall goes, a sloppy Joe shrimp cocktail and a milkshake. Yep. Which are three things that just do not fucking go together. Now, did you catch what happens 10 weeks from now? Yeah, yeah. He's eating yeah. a sloppy he's, joe. They, they actually the, have it there, yeah. Uh-huh. He's got all of and, it. I and love I love that. it because he offers Barney a piece of shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> shrimp? Shrimp? <laughs> yeah, I love I loved, Man, their continuity is so fucking good throughout. It's one of the things that I love about this show. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I, I'm just like, whoever was on continuity... It, like detail did a great job most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once in a while, you know, things slip by and it happens. Things are gonna but... slip by. Like obviously, you talked about in the last episode the whole thing with the mother and stuff like that. But like, yeah, shit's gonna happen once in a while. It can't be hundred percent all the time, and not even yeah, no show is ever hundred percent. That's true, and like especially sitcoms, I feel like they let a lot of stuff go. You know what I mean? When it comes to that, they're yeah. like, oh, you're just meant to laugh. It doesn't matter. But they, they took it seriously. And that's, I really, yeah. I really appreciated that um, from them. Uh, but yeah, so like, like you said, they're, they're at the bar and stuff. And Barney <coughs> brings up this point. He says, uh, it only takes a woman 8.3 seconds to make up her mind. And after that, 
There's no changing it. But first off, 8.383. Yeah, he yeah. brings that number back, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then he he asks Ted, you know, what you know, tell us about the, the, the first 8.3 seconds. Uh, I fucking love this. Too. Stuff with it. Stella, yeah, Stella walks out and she's like, uh, lower back butterfly tattoo. And yeah. Ted stands up, and so does some like blonde stripperish looking girl. Yeah. Now, I I think it's it's a hilarious scene, but it makes Stella a hypocrite because she says, "I can't date you because that would be breaking an AMA rule." Yet she literally just broke a HIPAA rule by doing that. Oh, that's a true statement. That's a HIPAA violation. It's, yeah, it's against, you're telling it's, people what's being removed. It's against privacy. Yeah, because she's a because she's a legit doctor. Yeah, she should. I never thought about that. She should be calling people by last name. Mm-hmm. She should be like Mosby, Mosby. I mean, it, it made it f- for a funny scene, but yeah, she. Uh, it also kind of thought makes, about that. It also kind of adds to the Stella's kind of an asshole thing. <laughs> Malpractice. You know? Yeah, like legit. <laughs> Somebody's about to get paid, baby. Mm-hmm. Pills, when, when baby. Said, Pills, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, uh, yeah, that was. Something. Yep. So yeah, that was a, a thing I, I definitely wanted to point out because uh, yeah, no, I hadn't actually thought about that though until you said that. Yeah, that's fucking good catch, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I do say though, because Barney's right though. Like, there's a lot of shit in this episode where, like, if you just pay attention to the detail, Stella's not into him right away. No, not right away. You know, I mean, <laughs> they hadn't gotten to know each other yet. You know, nope. and it, it goes over those first few uh, sessions, which um, which which we'll get to. Uh, so back at the bar, Ted continue. He's confident that you know she's good. He's gonna get the yes. You know, the gang they're they're not so sure. Uh, we then see how the actual first session went, because like before <laughs> we saw him, you know, we saw the the beginning of it, like him going in. We saw uh, the ending when he was like, you know, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to ask you out at the end. Yeah. Now we get to see the in-between. Yeah, because Barney's su- like, he says something about the, the process. Yeah. And like, how, how did, and he's like, oh, it's, she's like, she warns that it's a very intense pain. Ted's like, oh, pain yeah. doesn't bother me. And she starts lasering him. He's like, ah! Yeah. He just and I love that Abby runs through this. She's like, is everything okay? I heard a woman screaming. I heard a woman screaming, and then she laughs when she sees Ted. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Britney Spears's delivery uh, in in this episode, throughout this episode, she's so goddamn funny. I I would dare to say her entire time as Abby alone, she kills the role so well. Dude, I wish like, she had done more comedy. Like yeah. she's so funny in this. Like in this show. <laughs> she's so funny. She she's so uh, funny. One of my, one of my favorite ones is when her and Barney are acting like they're dating and they're rubbing mm-hmm. him in Ted's face. Oh God, I know it's like yeah. a couple of episodes away. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, hey Ted, I miss you." 
And he's like, this is you in every relationship you're in. And she's like, oh, Barney. Yeah, you're so funny. Oh, man. Ted, yeah. call me. She's so good. <laughs> and she She's pops up a few. She pops up a few times, which is great because we get to see yeah. more funny Abby shit uh, throughout the you know the series. Uh, yeah. So uh, then we do a quick blow through of the next four uh, sessions, um, and we kind of see how uh, they're kind of connecting with one another. They're having fun together. You know, they they spend an entire session speaking french to each other which um, is weird apparently they both know french and sarah chalk was really really excited to do that that scene because she apparently went to a school for like three years where they only were allowed to speak french oh shit yeah and so she like she was really excited to do that well, good for Sarah Chalk. Uh, and, and and they were they were just having a conversation like her, like her and Josh Radner were just having a conversation with one another uh, throughout that scene in French. Huh. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he makes her laugh so hard she falls out of a chair at one point. <laughs> yeah, um, and then he does some juggling. Um, and at the end of session five, she still says like he asks her out again. He and she still says no. Wait, hold on, because you, you just missed an entire funny fucking segment. What was your uh, funny segment? He does the juggling, and it yeah. cuts to the bar, and Barney's like... Well, yeah, I was I was just going to... I was just getting to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Barney, he makes fun of Ted for, for the juggling. Yes. Yeah. And I love Ted's response, though. What's the difference between juggling and magic? And Barney's yeah. like, how dare you? And, like, he gets, like legit like yeah don't even like no that gets me really heated up and he's like <laughs> and i love that everybody's like whoa 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 and robin's yeah. got her hands over her cup and she's like there's alcohol here yeah and wendy comes over and she's like barney we talked about this yes. no fire in the bar <laughs> and he's like but but ted provoked me and I love how the whole gang is like, you're banished from the table for five yeah. minutes. Go. It's so hilarious. And all they could make me think of is the intervention. Yeah. When he lights the banner yes. on fire. When he yeah. lights the banner on fire. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is a, a obviously uh, a, Honestly, something that really gets that to them. Time. Yeah, because what isn't that a flashback when they yeah. when they talk about that, right? Yeah, I bet you it is. I bet you it is right around the, this time. We'll have to keep an eye to see what year if they tell us that when it goes back. Fair I'm enough. Interested in that? Um, but what I find interesting, right? So Barney's ragging on Ted for juggling. Yet there's at least two episodes that we see him juggling. Oh yeah, and he, he does it in the doppelganger. Yeah, the doppelganger episode, and then there's—I I know there's at least one other um, where he does it. So I don't—I'm I, curious if he's just saying it to make fun of Ted, or if at this stage in his in his you know life he does feel that way. He just hadn't discovered that he could use juggling for something. I don't know. Why not both? Yeah, maybe. Very well, might be. Um, 
Also, uh, I learned that Josh Radner had to learn to juggle for this episode. Just for that little scene. That is crazy. Which apparently was a bit longer, because, I mean, these episodes... Um, they're almost when they when they film an episode, when they write and film these episodes, they're really almost twice as long usually, and then they get cut wow. down. You know, they're like a forty minute episode, and they gotta cut them down to twenty two. You know, it's it's pretty crazy, and that's the thing. How I Met Your Mother, they've never released um, deleted scenes other than season nine's pineapple scene, but. It's obvious there is tons of deleted stuff from this show. Oh, yeah. You could sell me a box set of just the deleted scenes and I'd buy that shit. I would love to see all that stuff, man. Should you do that at Craig and Carter? I might. <laughs> but yeah, because like, for instance, something I didn't even mention because it was so small in the episode. Um, Lily biting her nails how she yes. says she's going to stop biting her nails. And then yeah. throughout a couple of times throughout the episode, you see yeah, her with longer fingernails. There. Apparently it was like a major storyline originally in the episode. And like, it became this whole big thing and she ends up like scratching her face because of it. It becomes this whole thing that mo- almost all of it gets cut out. Yeah. And so like it, stuff like that, man, you get like a whole storyline that just gets completely deleted. Because you got to save time somewhere, you know, and it's somewhere. not important. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's interesting. That's why I like the office releases their super episodes. Yeah. Like the they just episodes. dropped. Yeah. They just dropped season six and it's the full cut, you know, uh, of the episode. And there's a lot of fucking good extra stuff in the, the last time I did my, my office rewatch, I did all five seasons of the super fan episodes oh, and then man. just watch the regular stuff so when i obviously when i go back to do it again i'll go through and i'll watch season six with it too so it'll be good stuff all right so uh we talked about you know him getting banished and all that stuff okay uh also in this scene ted mistakenly says he's got four sessions left when he's actually got five so there was a a, a, a goof or a flub or whatever you want to call it um in error in, in it there I caught which I was like because he had just finished session five and he's like I got oh, four yeah. left it's like no you've got five uh and so he says he's got an angle you know he, he he's working an angle and we flash over to the office as uh Ted and Stella are coming uh out from the back room Abby's on the phone and she's being yelled at which we later on will find out who that is uh, and Stella tries telling her to just hang up the phone. You know, whenever, you know, I've told you this before, you know, if people are, you know, being mean, just hang up. And she, she's like, no, she's like shaking her head. Like, no, like, she can't do it. I mean, uh, she's such a sweetheart. She is. And, and Stella says that she wishes that the patients would be nicer to her. And this is where Ted gets his, his big bright idea that he, his angle is to get in good with the receptionist. Yep. To to which Barney assumes means he's gonna bang her. Bang the receptionist. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Not everybody can bang the doctor or the lawyer. <laughs> Sometimes somebody has to bang the receptionist. Somebody has to bang the receptionist, John. Uh <laughs> we then get uh we go back to the office and we see Ted 
bringing Abby some coffee and something in a bag that we never actually learned what's in the bag. I was assuming it was bagels. Bagels, maybe a muffin, something. You know, but again, we they never tell us. It's never mentioned. No. Like even when Stella brings it back up later on, she only mentions the coffee. She never mentions any of the other stuff. Um, and <laughs> during session seven, Stella asks Ted out for Abby. For Abby. <laughs> Ted thinks he's getting at getting that, that Stella's asking him out, which I thought was hilarious. And then he's like side, like he's freaking like sideswiped by the the fact that it's actually Abby who she's asking him out for. Yeah, but I like what I like how this one playfully like goes too because he's like, yeah, who's Abby? Who's my receptionist? Oh, I thought you said Alan. Alan, who's Alan? But but you, yeah, who's Alan? I don't know. But you said who's Abby? Oh, I thought I said Alan. Oh yeah, I thought yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's Abby? (laughs) My receptionist. Oh man. It was like it was almost like a who's on first ah, kind of a, yes. for this. It was it was almost that. It was it was a fun little back and forth for them. But now Abby has this huge crush on Ted, and that's a thing that plays out throughout the rest of the episode and then into other episodes, as you had mentioned mm-hmm. uh previously. So like it it just becomes a thing. Uh then he comes up with another plan. Because he saw a book in her office called The Power of Me. It's a self-help book. Uh, and Marshall starts talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's a great book. You know, It helped me with my memory. Uh, and he's like, oh, can I borrow yours? He's like, oh, I, I, I left it somewhere. I don't remember where. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it's apparently it did not help you very much with your memory there, man. Um, and so Ted... You know, he brings a copy of this book. He gets a copy of it. He brings it into the office and, uh, you know, Abby's there and and, and everything. And when Ted goes into, first off, he brings the book into the office and is reading it. Okay. But he doesn't bring it into the procedure room. We find out that he threw it in the trash. Why did he even bother bringing it in? Right. You know, that, that didn't make sense to me because he just. Even worse though. You're buying a book to dispose of it. But then you find out he put his sticker inside mm-hmm. of it, property of the library of Ted Mosby. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it made no sense. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Um, it kind of, in a weird way, reminds me of the scene from Austin Powers when he, in like the first Austin Powers, when he's checking out all his shit and they're <laughs> like, name. And he's like, it's uh, Austin Danger Powers. And they're like, what? And he's like, Danger's my middle name. And then like they hit him with the penis bomb. He's like, that's not mine. And he's like, yeah. one book. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything that can add up to make this yours. And Ted's like, yeah. that's not my book. Oh no, it's right here, Ted. From the and I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Costella is not into that book at all. No, she's like, <laughs> it's a joke. And Ted's like, oh yeah, no. Agreed. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and then here's Abby. Here's Abby, man, just trying to trying to get her way into Ted's pants. That's all. That's all she's trying to do, yeah. man. Uh, 
we also learn in that scene, um, this is the first time we learn that Stella only gets essentially two minutes for lunch every yeah. day because how busy she is, and that plays in heavily, obviously. <coughs> yeah, uh, at the at, you know at the end of the toward the end of the episode, because um, it comes up a couple of times because they're planting that seed into your head that. Yep. Okay, she's only got two minutes. She's only got two minutes. Yeah, because like she comes in, and she's like, "Oh man, two minute lunch." Which yeah. I love yeah. how it plays out in the ninth, uh, ninth section. Because yeah, you know, Barney's telling Ted he has a secret that could help with Ted, but he's not sure Ted's ready for this. And Ted's like, "I need to know what's the secret." And then Barney goes, "I've used the bathroom," and gets yes. up and walks away. And I'm like, <laughs> "What a dick move!" It was and he comes back and he goes, and I, I and I love it because because that was a commercial break too. So like it, it was yeah. even they did it to the audience too. <laughs> they made the audience but I wait love how too. Kermit comes back and he he comes back yeah. and he sits down and he's like, "So what's going on in your world?" And Ted's like, "The secret," and he's like, "Oh yeah, about that." And yep. he tells Ted that uh, Stella's attracted to certain men and she has a. A certain, uh, it's not a phobia. It's, it's, it's fo- folliculophilia. I wrote it down. That's it. Folliculophilia. And Ted's like, what is that? And Barney's like, she'll only date men with mustaches. <laughs> yeah. And Ted's like, you're <laughs> not serious. But then he shows up and he's got like this like yeah, starter but, stash. I, I, even before that, he's like, Ted's like, this isn't real. And yeah. then Robin is like, I have a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's like, at first, I thought she was just doing it to fuck with him, like to, to go along with Barney. But when you go back and watch it, Barney looks at her like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, she She's legit serious about it. <laughs> or I have she- a little bit. Maybe she's just fucking with him. Maybe, maybe she's fucking with both of them at that point. <laughs> you know, cause... but I love it because so, and then I love the Abby interaction too, where she's like, "You look like a, a young Tom Selleck." And then she, she's, like, she's like, "She's like, Stella, Stella, Magnum's here to see you." Magnum's and here. I... Oh my god, that that killed me. She uh... she's so funny in this episode, man. <laughs> I can't get over it. She is so good. <laughs> there are very few guest stars that I feel like uh, hit on all cylinders the way she does in this. You listen, know what I mean? lovers, when you're done listening to this episode, I want you to go back all the way to the beginning of this episode. Watch it straight from the beginning. But first, get yourself a bottle of liquor. And every time... This crazy motherfucker says, she's so funny, take a shot. And then leave us a comment with how wasted are you? Well, I mean, dude, she's so fucking funny. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm going to keep saying it, folks. Now, now that it's a drinking game, you're going to, you're going to blast it because she's so um, funny. Let's continue. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, he shows up to session nine with the stash. And, dude, I love Stella's reaction when she walks dude, in the room. 
Yeah. She's like, sorry, two minute lunch. And then she turns around and loses her shit. Yeah, she does. Just completely loses it. <laughs> and then I, I love Ted's reaction where he's like, you made me waste an entire, excuse me, you made me waste an entire session on that. Why? And Ted, mm-hmm. Barty's like, you don't remember why? I'll tell you why. And then they flash back to another time where Barty's like, I bet we could get Ted to grow a mustache. Or how yeah. do we get Ted to grow a mustache? Yeah. And Ted's like, I'll bet against that. And then he pays him 10 bucks. Yeah, he has to pay him 10 bucks. Yeah, he, he's been working on this for an entire year. I mean, fucking well played. Oh, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's reminiscent of the meatball, the exploding meatball sub thing yeah where he will he will plan revenge or like a prank of some sort see you he you doesn't care there, how long it takes and i'm thinking in my head i'm thinking this one shows how susceptible ted is to stuff like this because think of the episode where marshall and lily are trying to have the baby and they get him to dye his hair blonde oh yeah he does like the tips mm-hmm. and then they all realize that he actually kind of like looks okay and they're like yeah oh wow this actually worked for ted yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's just he, he's a bit gullible yes absolutely oh he's, absolutely he's, a, he's, gullible. An, he's an easy mark at times uh-huh and so the ted you know he's about to give up on everything you know uh, that was session nine and he's like ready to be done and just give up because he doesn't think he's got a shot and then lily spills the beans Telling him he can't give up because Stella likes him and she said so herself. Yep. And this is where we learn that Marshall was sent in there by, you know, by Lily to, to see Stella and to essentially kind of nudge her toward Ted, uh, you know, without actually letting her know that that's what he's doing. Uh, and she she says that he's got a crush uh, uh, on Ted and this is where we also learned that the book was Marshall's book. Yeah. That was in yeah. the office. So I also love though that she sees like the mole on the back of his neck and she goes, yeah. Oh, this doesn't look right. And Marshall's like, Can you shut up about your stupid crutch? I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying here, woman. <laughs> yeah, he gets so uh freaked out by it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's Marshall though, man. Like that's a hundred percent him. You know, all the I way. mean, you're not wrong. That is absolutely Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, you know, uh, he goes through the final session and Ted asks her out. And she says, you know, she has a daughter and she's she's so busy. Uh, and then and she also mentions that she's only been to one party in the last year and it was St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah. And I was like, I saw like, I've, I, you know, I, when I was going through my research, I saw a lot of people theorize that obviously this is most likely she was at the same party, you know, cause why would they bring that up? You yeah. know, like why would they specifically mention that one episode after doing that episode? Yeah. I, I feel like they were telling us without telling us that she too was at that party, but she left early. She said, so we don't even know she- if, if they were there at the same time, you know what I mean? It's very possible that they weren't there at the same I mean- time. That is a true statement. Yeah. So I like the idea. Think like think about like Stella, the mother. They were all there at this part. Like this party was like 
a fucking beacon, man. It was happening. Well, with everything was going on with at the time with the writer strike too, it couldn't have been a possible way to planted seeds and have her be the mother. Yeah, that, that's possible too. Yeah, it's like, oh, she was there. Well, the mother was there. Could she be the mother? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think that's very possible. I think at this stage, they were still probably wanting to keep their options open a bit. Probably. Know? So you, you have. Plus, I mean, by girl... this point, they might not have known if they were being renewed for a fourth season yet. Either. Yeah, you never know. Um, so, like, they had the, the girl who Ted bumps into. You know, you've got Stella. Could be either. You never know. I like Victoria. Yeah, it was like I remember we talked about that how they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up past the thirteenth episode, and they're like, "Well, if if we don't get picked up, Victoria is the mother." You know, that's the that's the plan. I I always I always think about that. I'm like, that's how crazy it would be if this was a a thirteen episode show, and Victoria was the mother, and that's all we got. You know. Wild nuts. stuff. Yeah. Wild stuff to think about, sir. Uh, so back at the bar, Ted, he's feeling a bit dejected, uh, you know, over this whole situation. Marshall is sitting there eating the the sloppy Joe yep. shrimp cocktail and milkshake. Chocolate milkshake, that. too. Yeah, I love that. And it's funny because, like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, he's actually got the stuff. And I was like, I couldn't remember what the sandwich was. So I had to go back and rewatch the, the beginning part. I was like, I think it's a sloppy Joe, but I wasn't sure. So I had to go back and rewatch that part just so I could verify. See, that's that one of the things that every time Joe. I watch this episode, I always love that they threw that detail in there. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. very rare that you ever see food on the table, but usually when there is food on the table, it's appetizers. It's something that's quick and easy. And this one is elaborate. Usually marking. Well, that too. Yeah. Um, but this one is it's an elaborate meal. It's a sloppy joe, which is something a bar typically wouldn't sell. Yeah. Shrimp and a milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh <laughs> the fucking the platinum rule one where he slaps the burger out of the fucking hand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I still can't get over that. <laughs> uh but yeah. Um and so then Ted Ted comes up with the perfect plan, John. The yes. two minute date. Now, I gotta is... say, it. I was listening to the commentary, okay, and they think that Ted was a bit creepy here. Really? Yeah, and I don't know if it's because they lived in the world and so they saw it a little differently after. But when they talk about it, it. It does kind of fall into the Dahmer Dobbler thing. Well, it does. You know, the way I saw it was is that it is. I mean, you could absolutely Dahmer Dobber that. I see it. It's one of those few times where you see the genuine attempt from Ted to be like this very caring. This is this is that strategic planning down to a T. This is what he can do, and I thought oh, yeah. something. In this watching that I had never caught before, they stop at the little bistro. Did you notice who served them? Yeah, it's Wendy. It's Wendy. And some and other guy, like, but yeah, it's Wendy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, you got mm-hmm. Wendy in on it. 
Yeah. I was like, that is so fucking awesome. Yeah, I love... Ranji is there. Yep, Ranji, because we hadn't seen him in a bit. It's been a while. No, it's been a while. And Um, uh, I I love this whole day. So, like, they come out of... She comes out of the office. He's there. And, you know, he convinces her to do this two-minute... I love her her comment. You know, the last time I had a two-minute date, I wound up having a daughter. (laughs) Which says a lot about Tony. I mean, it does. But at the same time, I love it because, like... (laughs) Like you said, it this is very Dahmer Gobbler, and this is it works in Ted's favor, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this is just so <clears throat> fucking amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's at so first good. they stop for uh they they get in the cab, yeah, and he tells Ranjit this address, and she's like, But that's like right here. And then Ranjit stops and they literally have, like, like one building down. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's uh it's this little bistro. And Ted's like, oh, have you ever been here before? She goes, no, but I hear great things about it. And, like, they get, like, a bite of salad and then, like, an egg part. I don't – I'm pretty sure Ted doesn't eat anything. Nope, he doesn't. It's j- just I watched just Stella. it twice to make sure. Yeah. But that's funny, though, because he makes that comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, I had the water and you had the eggplant parm. Yeah. And I'm like yeah, – She has, like, a bite of salad and, like, one piece of the eggplant. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and then and that doesn't uh, even get to take a bite of the or no, she does get a bite of the dessert. Yeah, well, for, like first they, they go uh, to the movie. Yeah, which, which I thought ends up being uh, the one that Ted said sucked. Yeah, Mano's ha- uh, hand of fate, but like it was cut together, so it was only like fifteen seconds long yeah. or something, something like that. I was like, that's brilliant. You that know? is like, brilliant. This whole date, like everything he's doing. You, know, you can do all that stuff, but like you had somebody had to take the time to cut that movie up. Oh yeah, and 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 then he had to get it set up with the that electronic store or whatever to yeah. be able to show it right on that TV and everything. Like he put so much planning and effort into this. It's oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's and one then, of the reasons yeah. why when we get to the wedding bride episode, when they make fun of Ted for the two minute date, mm-hmm. I'm like, first off. I don't give a shit if it was Tony who makes the joke to put into the script or he's jealous of Ted for having such an amazing date put together. But either him and Stella are trash for dissing on him for that two minute date because they turn it into like the Tony's Tony's absolute trash because of it. Stella's trash because either she uh, actively allowed him to do it. Or she just didn't bother to try to stop him from doing it. True. Because this is one of the most romantic gestures I've ever seen. And if I could ever try to pull something off to this magnitude, I would. It's like the two-minute date and the super date. (sighs) Ted knows how to do it, man. Oh, yeah. He he knows how to do it. He does. Yeah, like... And then she gets a... he He gives hands her like a doggy bag. Uh, probably yeah. the, I'm assuming probably the eggplant, um, uh, part of it at least, but I thought that was kind of cool. And then the flowers, but she's allergic to them. The flowers come yes. to play, which yes. I think is and like fun. momentarily too. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I love these. Like, Oh, okay. We're learning about each other. Yeah. And like, he's like, but you notice though, he never puts the flowers down. She's no. allergic to him, but let's fucking carry them. Well, I I don't think it's the kind of allergy that's like she's gonna break out and hide. It's probably like I can't like be sniffing them and, and stuff. So like I don't think it's a big deal for her to, for him to hold them near her Fair. like that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, she's impressed by this and, and she, she winds up kissing him, you know, Kisses she decides him. to be a little late. Um, during the commentary, they specifically tell me, tell you guys that, uh, the date was actually two minutes and 20 seconds. <gasps> like from, oh, from, her. from when he starts it, when he clocks yeah. it on the watch to when he clocks it done on the watch is, is apparently two minutes and 20 seconds. Not too much. That's not bad though. Yeah. It's still, yeah, it's still pretty damn good, man. I guess maybe they shouldn't have taken that leisurely walk. <laughs> Always get a cab in New York, man. I'm curious how, first off, how the fuck did Ranjit turn around that fast? You're not supposed to think about that, sir. I know. My other thought is, how would he have turned around to go back to the bistro the other way? Probably would have just went in reverse. That's what I was wondering. I was like, would he have just like literally backed it up in reverse? I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's why they purposely have them do the walk. Maybe. Yeah, it's probably logistically they it's probably why they wrote it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I love the two minute day. It's just it's so I don't, I don't think I could ever pull that off. But you know what? Rock on, Ted. You did uh, yeah, yeah. Job. This is one of the few times where I'm like, Ted Mosby is a, he's a real class act. Yeah. Like he deserves <laughs> this one. And then I love that he's even like, you know, I understand that you're super busy with shit right now. Like your work schedule, your kid, this and that. Yeah, I'll be here when you get time. Mm-hmm. I hope you have time. And she's like, eh, "I'm sure I will." <laughs> That's your Stella impression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then she she goes back in the uh, into the office, and who walks up? But Britney <laughs> Spears, Abby, and bitch, she is funny. Dude, she chases Ted down. She's she like, does. "Oh my friend said like, I was crazy." Yeah, my friend said I shouldn't give you another chance, that you weren't worth it. And she just bolts at it. He's like, no, 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 and just takes off. <laughs> takes off hard. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and then the episode ends with Barney seducing Abby, who agrees to go uh, out with him, go on a shopping spree. But first, they're going to stop by his hotel to make sure his bed got fixed, and they're going to have sex. She yeah, well, is the one who offers that. Yeah, yeah. And I love, though, that she's the one who's like, let's have sex. And he's like, yeah, I like, like you. Before we go shopping, can we have sex on it? He's like, I like you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, folks, that was season three, episode 13, 10 sessions. Uh, John, uh, any other thoughts on the episode? Stella's a whore. <laughs> She uh she's a something and Britney Spears, she is funny. Now drink up, folks. That's drink up. Drink. <laughs> uh all right. So with that out of the way, we've got one final part of this episode, and that is Barney's blog. Shoot up, bitches! That's right. All right, so the blog for this week is titled 8.3 seconds. That's all you've got to make a first impression. Okay. And this was dated uh, March 24th of 2008. And it says, Every day I get thousands upon millions of of electronic mails asking how to pick up women. The truth of the matter, however unnatural and fundamentally opposed to everything you've ever learned about the opposite sex, 
is that a woman actually picks you. Worse yet, women are shamefully superficial. A woman will judge a man on his appearance alone, regardless of how big her rack is. And just how long after, uh, after first sight does it take for a woman to decide if she'd sleep with a guy? Try 8.3 seconds. That's 1.7 seconds faster than your typical rocket launch. Astonishing. Oh, sure. uh, and it, the, the 8.3 seconds has a little asterisk there, and it says average time uh, time elapsed based on a BS university study in which a cohort uh, of attractive 18 to 22-year-old females were exposed to pictures of random males and asked whether they would sleep with them. To legitimize the study, subjects were also shown a control picture of the lead researcher in a sharp suit and asked the same question. Uh, and so then it goes on. It says, without the verbal acumen, God-given physique, or the fashion literacy that allow me to ensnare a woman upon first glance, most men don't stand a chance against the clock. Fortunately for you, I like to be ready for nightmare contingencies uh, such as laryngitis or, heaven forbid, the sudden appearance of a zit. Therefore, I've started a list of, of a few easy-to-follow costume ensembles that allow virtually any man to make a first impression strong enough to defeat a woman's 8.3-second barrier. Ooh. And so he's got a little list here of uh, first impression costumes. All right. So the first one is Mercenary. Walk into a bar wearing a gun, a knife, and or a grenade. Toys preferred. And a woman's first thought will be, now here's a man who can protect me. Followed quickly uh, with her second thought, I'd like to engage in sexual relations with this heavily armed man. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be super accurate, unless you're in like Texas, maybe. <laughs> uh, the next one is veterinarian. Uh, a smock covered in dog hair will, will instantly convince any woman to sleep with you. Why? Because there's nothing sexier to a woman than a man who actively saw an education in the early detection of feline diabetes and other animal maladies. Fair. Then we've got rock and roll drummer. Uh, carry a pair of drumsticks and wear a denim vest emblazoned with a patch of your favorite band. Nobody knows... Uh, what the drummer looks like. Note, avoid the Def Leppard patch unless you plan on being uncomfortable all night. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate that one the most because you wow. definitely used to rock that kind of an outfit and, and carry drumsticks around for... There was a time period where that was a thing. So, yeah. I thought wow, you would appreciate that Wow, fucking one. call me out right here on the, the podcast. That's right, folks. This guy thought he was a drummer. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a bad drummer. It's true. It's true. All right. The next one I love. LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool James. That's literally all it says. <laughs> Did you know that that's what it stood for, by the way? No. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the LL and LL Cool James. It's ladies love Cool James. Wow. Yep. I did not now know that know. his name was James. Yeah, now you know. No one is half a battle. Yo, Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have three left. The next one is artist. It says toss a beret on your melon and carry around a paintbrush, and suddenly you're the sensitive guy, which gives a woman the uh, the perverse pleasure of believing she might actually make you cry. 
Then we got hairstylist. Throw on a t-shirt two sizes too small for you. Grab a hairdryer and an issue of Cosmo. And when you walk into a bar, every woman will want to be with you. And the last one is escaped convict. Uh, leg irons and a black and white striped jumpsuit. Women love jewelry, a pinstripe suit in danger. Combine all three and you'll make her sing sing for the next 10 to 25 minutes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there were a couple of, there was a, a couple of notes uh, in this one. Cause sometimes they'll do like little notes and whatnot for it. Obviously it says, you know, Barney once again, referencing 83 with the 8.3 thing. Uh, and then using costumes to seduce women is a large part of Barney's personality, which it is. And we see that a lot throughout the series. Um, it says it was first seen in Slutty Pumpkin, where he brought uh, a second Halloween costume to the party so he could have a second chance to make a good impression, yep. which fails. Um, and using different costume based schemes is a big, big part of the playbook as well. Really big part so. of the playbook. Yeah, so I, I I like that. That was uh that was Barney's blog for this week, folks. Um yeah, hey, let us know. Uh at last call H I M Y M. Have you ever used a costume to pick up a you know, whether you're a man or a woman, have you ever used a costume to pick up uh you know a sexual partner? Let us know. I'm interested. Yeah. John, have you ever, ever used a costume? It wasn't a costume, but uh if you remember correctly, when I was uh when <laughs> I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble for saying this one on the podcast. Do you remember when I was going through firefighting training and I walked through Walmart for like two hours in my bunker pants and I was like, John made firefighter. John yep, made yep. firefighter. Yep. <laughs> hey, man. I think that counts. Was, absolutely. It wasn't so much a costume, but it was uh, part of who I was. Yeah. Man, no, it absolutely counts, though. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so that, again, was Barney's blog. And this was season three, episode 13, 10 sessions. Uh, I think that's uh, about it for uh, you know, all of that stuff. So, John, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? I'm still on Twitter, Simply Saying J1. I have a podcast. I have a blog. You should be checking them out if you aren't already. I would greatly appreciate some feedbacks. Uh, I love my, my fans. I love our fans. And it's always great to, to have the overlap, interlap. Okay. Yeah, man, absolutely. I love it when uh, when when random fans just kind of reach out and, and want to connect. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, and you can reach me on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. That is the Twitter page for my site, Merc with a Movie Blog. If you are watching this on YouTube, you are watching it on the Merc with a Movie Blog YouTube channel. Uh, so if you like what you're watching, please hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and click that little bell wherever that motherfucker is. Uh, if you're listening on uh, any of the audios, you can go over to anchor.fm slash last call H-I-M-Y-M, and you can leave us a voice message over there. We'd love to hear your stories, your thoughts, your comments, your concerns even maybe. Just don't be a dickhead about it, okay? Yeah. You know, be nice, and we will play it on air, and uh, we'll discuss whatever you want to talk about. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you really like what you're listening to and you want to leave us a five-star review, we will read that out on air as well. And be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at last call H-I-M-Y-M, you know, for all the awesome How I Met Your Mother and How I Met Your Father needs. Be sure you're checking out the How I Met Your Father uh, version as well of this podcast. Last yes. Call Pembertons, we've been calling it. It's been good stuff. Uh, you know, we're about three episodes in at this point. 
And so yeah. be sure to uh, to check it out, guys. It's good stuff. It's been a, it's been well, a good season. So. coming out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I think by the time this airs, it'll be uh, four episodes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, be be sure to uh, to check it all out, guys. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, and let us know your thoughts. Again, at last call, H-I-M-Y-M, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I think that's all I've got for him, man. What do you got for him? You don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. Catch you next time. <laughs>